How's everybody doing? Did y'all know that we're going to skip fall and go right into winter this week? <laughs> Tuesday, I think the low is 29 or something. So, uh, Anyway, you know, it could change in the next hour. It'll change and it'll say something different. If you ever, <laughs> that's what was it? I saw a meme uh, on, uh, on Facebook, I think it was, where it said, uh, uh, Welcome to Arkansas. It's winter in the morning, fall in the, uh, after, in the afternoon, summer in the evening, and then uh, at night it's spring. You know, it's like we have all four seasons in a day, and uh, that's, that's Arkansas weather. So, uh, but anyway, I didn't come to talk about the weather today. Uh, last week we started a series called Bridge Builders and we learned that it takes the right uh, blueprints to build a bridge. Now, if you've ever seen the Golden Gate Bridge, you know that uh, if they didn't have the right blueprints, that wouldn't work. It wouldn't stay up all these years. It was completed in 1937. It's still standing today. I'm sure they've done some maintenance on it over the years and, you know, and refreshing the paint and done some different things and, and, and all those good things. But they had to have the right blueprints. There's something else that you need to build a bridge. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about today. It's the next process. You've got to have the right tools for the project, right? If you don't have the right tools, then you can't build the bridge properly. And if you don't have the right tools, there's, there's a lot of things that you can't do. Uh, and I got a story during the American Revolution a man in civilian clothes, he rode past a group of soldiers that were repairing a small uh, defensive barrier. And uh, their leader was shouting instructions, but uh, making uh, no attempt to help them. And asked why the rider, or why by the rider, he retorted with great dignity, Sir, I am a corporal. The stranger apologized he dismounted his horse and proceeded to help the exhausted soldiers. And when the job was done, he turned to the corporal and said, Mr. Corporal, next time you have a job like this and not enough men to do it, go to your commander-in-chief and I will come and help you again. It was none other than George Washington that the man was talking to. You see, there was a clear barrier between the commander-in-chief and these soldiers but George Washington, he broke that barrier and he bridged the gap to support his fellow soldiers in the struggle. If you got your Bibles, go with me to Luke. Luke is the uh, third gospel, uh, so New Testament, third book of the New Testament. I'm going to chapter 10, Luke chapter 10. It's a familiar story. Many of y'all have heard this story. I've preached on it probably numerous times. I couldn't even count how many times I've preached on it. I love this parable that Jesus tells, but it's Luke chapter 10. We'll get to the parable here in just a minute. Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 25, he says, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That's a big question, isn't it? Jesus replied, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And the guy answered, he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. If you look at the first question asked by the lawyer in this conversation, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? 
A lawyer in this time, okay, during this time frame, he would be someone who was an expert in the law. As he approaches Jesus, the lawyer knows what the law says. He knows this. He's, been, he's studied it all his life. He knows what this is. So this question, he's actually testing Jesus. Now, is it a good question? Certainly, it is a very good question, but there's a bad motivation behind it because not only is this a test, but the lawyer is mistaken with the idea of what he needs to do to earn his way into heaven. And even as an expert of the law, the lawyer was still mistaken Excuse me for what it takes to have eternal life. And Jesus turns around and he challenges the lawyer's knowledge with this. What does the law state? He brought it back to him. He asked him a question. Knowing that the lawyer knows what the law says. And as the lawyer responds correctly, I love what Jesus replies with. Now go and do it. It's pretty good, isn't it? And just like the story that I told you earlier about George Washington and this opening portion of our text, as Christians, we have a choice to make. We can be like the corporal and we can watch as others struggle or we can take action. Do you hear me this morning? You know, last week I told you about the blueprints that are necessary for bridge building. And now, I need my tool. And now that we have a plan, we need to take action. In the case of building a bridge, that means gathering the right tools together and starting the work. It's important. If I want to cut some wood, the first tool I reach for is not a hammer. Do you hear what I'm saying? Oh, fell out. The first tool I reach for is not a hammer, right? If you're cutting wood, what do you do? Anybody? An axe? A saw? You get something that's going to cut wood, right? Because if you, if, you, uh, if you use a hammer on wood to try to cut it in two, you might eventually get there. Maybe. You're going to have to do a lot of banging out, right? I mean, you're going to be banging that thing for a long time to get it to go into... You might could take the claw part of it and whack away a little bit. But it's going to take some time, isn't it? It's going to be tough to do. It's going to be hard to do. You need the right tools. If you're going to cut a log, you're going to have to use a saw, a chainsaw. Use something that's going to cut wood. You cannot do. You need the right tools. Having the right tools can make or break the project. And as believers, we've been given some divine tools to help us. Look inside your spiritual toolbox. Look inside your spiritual toolbox that the Lord has given us. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. These are your spiritual tools. You ready for this? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. This defines the tools that you and I are given by the Holy Spirit to build the perfect bridge. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Christian character is not mere moral or legal correctness, but the possession and manifestation of these nine graces. These tools 
are the foundation of our moral portrait of Christ. And if we want to build the gap or bridge the gap and eliminate the chasm between others today, we must ensure that we have the right tools in our toolbox. This was the tool that I couldn't find for a moment. It's tiny, isn't it? Anybody know what that is? It is an Allen wrench. This is the tool of the devil. And I'm going to tell you why. If you've ever gotten your child, do you hear where I'm going? If you've ever gotten your child any kind of tool ever, you love it when it shows up at the front door in a four foot by five foot box and it has a million little pieces and it has one tool to put the whole thing together the wonderful beautiful allen wrench this tool is of the devil because you sit there and they give you this is this should be all you'll need you don't need anything else we've given you this wonderful tool or i didn't bring one but you know that wrench that they put in there for you as well? It's a flat tool that has the shape for the nuts that they have with that. And they expect you to use that to put it together as well. Can I just tell you, these people are nuts. They're insane. I believe that they are demon-possessed because all they give you is this stupid tool to try to put these toys together. When Maley was two years old... My wife and I, being the great and wonderful parents that we are, we decided to get our two-year-old, she was turning to, for her birthday, we decided to get her a swing set. Can anybody feel my pain right now? Let me tell you something. Swing sets, they're of the devil, okay? I'm telling you, that is the most miserable time that you will ever have is putting together a swing set. And they give you an out. No, I'm just kidding. They, they tell you to go find your own tools. But it felt like you had to get an Allen wrench to put that thing together. But I did. We did just get a bed for Brindley. She got a new bed, what, about a few months ago. And guess what the tool was? An Allen wrench. Terrible. They're evil. They're awful. You've got to have the right tools, do you hear me, if you're going to do the job correctly. So what do you do? You throw that thing away and you go out into the garage and you get the right tools to be able to put those things together, right? Anybody else with me? You know, they tell you don't tighten too tight. Oh, you just wait. I'm going to put every one of these in, you know. But we've all felt that pain before, every one of us. You know, the instructions by themselves, they don't get the job done, right? You can't just go with just instructions. Insufficient tools may indefinitely prolong the project. And sometimes you simply just need to grab something different, something more precise, and a power tool or some kind of tool that's worth more it's more valuable than that thing but thankfully and listen to me through the empowerment of the holy spirit we all have access to an amazing array of tools to use in the various kingdom 
projects that we may be a part of. So whether it's reconciliation, evangelism, discipleship, or missions, we all must be willing to take advantage of the opportunities that we've been given. Amen? We have to take advantage of those opportunities. John chapter 4 verse 35 says, Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. We have the blueprints. We have the right tools. And as we continue to strive to love one another, we need to bridge those gaps. We have an opportunity to show the true character of Christ through love. The fields are ripe for harvest. Amen? You know, as Christians, each one of us is called to be a reflection of Jesus. And I believe that what better way for us to do that than to, and to mirror that is to show grace and mercy to those in need. I mean, we can all find opportunities every day, right? We have these opportunities every single day. They're, they're right in front of us. And sometimes we just need to open our eyes and see that they're right there in front of us. How many opportunities do we get to bless someone sometimes? God, you know, maybe God blessed you with uh, some extra money or something. And he lays it upon your heart to reach out and bless somebody. Maybe the church provides an opportunity for you to minister and to serve the poor or somebody in the community. Take advantage of that opportunity. Maybe the opportunity comes to, to decorate for an event Take advantage of that opportunity. Maybe there's an opportunity to teach a class or to work in the nursery or to, 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 to drive somewhere and go, and go minister to prisoners. You know, whatever the opportunity is, take advantage of the opportunities that God is laying out before you and be, I like what Jeannie Mayo used to say, be Jesus with skin on. You hear what I'm saying? We are in the image of Christ. Therefore, we need to act like it. If we are in Christ's image, let's act like Christ did. But the opportunities are all around us every single day. Go back to our text. I love this story. Luke chapter 10. I want to go to verse 30. And this is what Jesus, he replied to the lawyer. And this is what he says. Verse 30. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest, I want you to hear these people, a priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. He didn't want to get even close to him. He just... So... The next guy, a Levite, when he came to the place and he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Boy, they're just going as far out of their way to not touch this guy. They don't want to look at him. They don't want to be close to him. But a Samaritan, now let me tell you something about a Samaritan, okay? Samaritans are about as low as you can get. I think there's only one other person lower than them, and that's a tax collector, 
okay? So Samaritans are about as low as you can get. A, a Samaritan was a, uh, I guess they were an inbred group with a different group, so they weren't completely Jewish, and so they were an outcast. And so the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along. So look what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. That word pity, okay, I looked it up because I was curious. That word pity means a deep, like it wasn't just awe. It was like this guy felt overwhelmed with compassion, like a compassion that just hurt his stomach. Does that make sense? Y'all, you know what I'm talking about? Like he broke for this man. He hurt for this man. That's what that word pity means. And it's, verse 34 says, He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you have. And uh, verse 36, which of these three, this is Jesus talking back to the man again. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This man hated Samaritans so much that he couldn't even say it was the Samaritan. Did you see what it says? He says, the one who had mercy on him. He went all the way around to try to figure out a way because he didn't want to agree with Jesus that the Samaritan was the one showing this guy mercy. When the lawyer heard about the priest and Levi, he probably was expecting Jesus. You know, he's probably thinking, oh, Jesus is going to say that you need to be better than these dudes. But Jesus shocked the man by saying, a Samaritan. And he makes the Samaritan out to be the hero. Now, like I told you, they despise one another. I mean, this wasn't just a, you know, a, a rift between neighbors. I mean, they hated each other both racially and religiously. I mean, the culture gave the Samaritan plenty of reasons to hate the Jewish man and pass right by him. But instead of passing by, the Samaritan, he showed grace to the Jewish man. He didn't wait to be asked. He just went and did it. Do you hear what I'm saying? The Samaritan gave freely both his time and his resources. He took action. Time and money are tools in our lives. And sometimes we use them well and other times we use them poorly. <laughs> How many of y'all waste a lot of time in your life? I do. I waste a lot of time. And in the story of the Good Samaritan, neither the priest nor the Levite had the time to stop what they were doing and assess the situation. They both had an amazing opportunity to extend help to another human, and they literally just walked right past. But even if they had stopped, we aren't sure if either of them would have had any excess money to give. The Samaritan shows us what can be done with a little extra time and money? He was able to help the half-dead traveler. He extended a hand. He showed love. He showed kindness. He showed goodness. Do you hear what, do you see what's coming into play? Love, joy, peace. 
These are the tools that we have that we've been given. Are there opportunities that you and I are missing out on? Listen to me. Is it a matter of time? Is it a matter of finances? What about ability? Something else. What is it? We need to reach out your hand. So now that we have the understanding of the blueprints and we know the foundation of our tools, it's time to start building, right? It's time to start building. You know, we can, be, we can begin to build, uh, we can begin to uh, bridge the gaps between cultures and friends and family and through the empowerment and enablement of the Holy Spirit. So where do we begin? So where do we begin? We begin in your own home, in your own circle of influence and relationships. Start where you have proximity to others on a regular basis. You have people right there in front of you with the barista in your local coffee shop. Anybody go to Starbucks or uh, what's the new one? Seven Brew or I don't know. I saw, what is it, Scooters is somewhere. I don't know if we have it here or not. But uh, we've got a million coffee shops nowadays. There's a coffee shop on every corner. Sweet Bay, you know. If you go to the coffee shop every morning... Start building a relationship with that barista. If you go to Brahms every morning for breakfast, start building a relationship with those people. Invite those people to church. Find opportunities for you to minister, for you to reach out. Maybe they're telling you their sad story. Everybody's got a sad story, don't they? If God speaks to your heart through their sad story, do something about it. Do you hear me? What is it that God's telling you to do? What is it God's speaking to you to do? And maybe it's just reaching out to your family members who you haven't really talked to much this year because of that thing that happened last Christmas. Bridge the gap. Be bold in prayer and intentional in action. And as we reflect Jesus to others around us like the Samaritan did, it won't always be easy. Amen? (laughs) In fact, just like we saw in our story, it may even cost us something. Time, money, energy, mental real estate. But we have to be willing to go the extra mile. We must be willing to take action on behalf of others. And this may sound a bit too melodramatic, but at the end of the day, we are all that we have, right? Your relationship with others, your ability to know and be known by those you are in community with, these are things that add undeniable value to our lives. And unfortunately, the world around us is less and less a place that fosters healthy relationships. Do you hear me? We as believers, as Christians, we cannot depend on the world. Do you hear me? We have to be the ones to bridge this gap. I mentioned it last week. It's all too easy to simply move on from relationships that are difficult or challenging, right? It's easier just to let them go, just let them go. We don't need them no more. But we can fight for unity. We can work to build bridges. This is the core message of the New Testament. If you look throughout the the New Testament, if you look at the sacrificial death of Jesus on the cross, what was he doing with the cross? He was bridging a gap between those that didn't believe. And he said, I'm going to die for everybody. 
He said, I'm going to go to the cross and die. Think of it this way. If you had two uh, plateaus of land, okay? And you can't get from point A to point B, but you need a bridge to get over there, right? Think about this. Take, think about the cross sitting down there and joining those two together as your bridge. Think about it. The cross, the cross beam. That way you can walk from one place to the next. The cross is what bridges the gap for us. And with Christ as our example and leader, we can trust that through him we can accomplish anything. Philippians 4.13. You know this one, don't you? I can do what? All this. This is what the NIV says. It says that some versions say all things. Put whatever you want to in there. It means the same. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. We talked about the divine blueprints last week. We've been given the power of forgiveness. If you haven't been in the, in the Bible lately, the blueprints of the kingdom, then it's vitally important that you take inventory of whose blueprints you have been reading. What's your plan for forgiveness, unity, and reconciliation with others? Once you've done that, then it's time, as we discussed today, to start putting together our tools and begin building or rebuilding projects in our lives. You know, I shouldn't have thrown this too far over here because now I've got to walk all the way over here to get this. But I want you to understand, this is not the right tool. You hear me? Don't try to do all this stuff with the wrong tool. It's not going to get done or it's going to take you way too long to do it. We need the right tools in our life. Jesus gave us the right tools. God gave us an entire book that we can use. And through the Spirit, we have access to a powerful and divine tool set. Amen? And for any kingdom project that you may have, it doesn't matter, right? You ever have those honeydew lists? I've still got a bunch that I haven't touched. Yeah, I'm, I'm in trouble, y'all. Uh, but those lists, they come and they pile up. In life, we have project lists that we need to take care of. Amen? So here's your homework. All right. Get into the good stuff. This is what you need to do this week. Are you ready to hear me? This is what you need to do this week. God's speaking to you. Number one, make plans to come back next Sunday. We're going to look, be looking at how we can bridge the gap with our family members. And then number two, I want you to consider what it means to have love, joy, peace, patience. Do you hear me? Kindness, goodness, self-control. How do these tools benefit you as you begin building bridges around you? Pray and ask God to help you find your own blind spots. How many knows we all have blind spots in our life? The other day I was driving down the road and I think I thank the Lord that I didn't have an accident because I didn't see a person in my blind spot and I just came right over. Luckily nothing happened. We all have blind spots in our life, do we not? The things that we can't see, we can look in a mirror all day long and we might be able to see the flaws that are on the outside, but we, not, we can't necessarily see everything that's inside, Right? A doctor comes, he looks at you, he may not see anything wrong with you. What does he have to do? He has to go 
take an x-ray to examine the inside, right? He has to take these scans or whatever to be able to look on the inside because we can't see it all on the facade, the outside that we see. We need to look and examine ourselves and see what blind spots that we may have. And then we ask the Lord to empower us and give us a heart for the harvest that is around you. Amen? And the third thing, strive to be more like the Good Samaritan. Be a person of action. Move beyond the cultural barriers. Move beyond your own bias. Build a bridge. Build a bridge. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this time that we've come together. God, I just thank you that we can do all that you've asked us to do. God, you've given us the tools to be who you want us to be. God, you've shown us the, the, the script that we have, the love, the joy, the peace, patience. God, you've given all that to us. Now, we need to take that and we need to go and start bridging the gap to those that we may have created this divide or we have put a, a chasm in between us, God. Whatever it is, Lord, help us to be who you want us to be. Help us to do the things that you want us to do. Help us to go because you've called us to go and to say and to answer and to be and all those things, Lord. Help us to be all that you want us to be. And God, I pray for every person here, God, that if they have anything, any faults, any, anything that, they, that is going on between them and somebody else, God, that you can help to restore those relationships. God, if they can just, if they see someone in need, they can extend the hand. They can go and do what you've asked them to do. So God, we give you praise and we give you glory. And we ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. The Lord is good. Amen? I want you to put, do your homework this week. Find people that you can reach out to, that you can minister to. Bridge those gaps. And that's going to make us healthier as a church. Amen? Amen. I, I, want to, um, I want to give uh, just a couple of announcements of things that are going on. And then also want to rem, uh, remind you about giving. I've got some, so I'm trying to figure out where to start. We, last week or two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I believe, I found out that the system that we've been using for about two or three years now, the Faith Life Equip, uh, I received word that they were no longer going to be using that system anymore, which meant that we were going to have to switch many of the tech items that we use, such as like our website, the app, online giving, church management system, our messaging system, so I began researching to try to find a new, uh, I didn't want to wait till the last minute. I wanted to get, let's, if we're going to do this, let's get this ball rolling. So I found one that basically uh, does 